All right, it is Thanksgiving week here on the Final Score Podcast. Want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And uh, lots to talk about this week. Lots of uh, state championship talk uh, again this week. Uh, We'll have uh, Coach Todd Nepper and uh, Captain Tony Lombardi on from the Tuscarora Boys soccer team. Uh, Titans cap their... A remarkably dominant season last Thursday at Loyola with a 3-0 victory over Centennial and the 3A Boys State Soccer Final. So uh, look forward to catching up with uh, Coach Nepper and, and talking to Tony about their remarkable season in, in, in the championship last week. But there's lots of other stuff to talk about, too. We'll, we'll, we'll dive uh, much more into the uh, state football playoffs this week. Uh, four teams are still alive in the state semifinals and uh here to do that are my colleagues here at the frederick news post uh, you know them and you hear them often uh john cannon and alexander dacey uh thanks for joining me again guys ha- happy thanksgiving to you and uh, uh here we are uh before we get into football talk uh there was one uh state soccer championship alexander that we did not get a chance to discuss last week and uh and that's the Brunswick boys uh, who who pulled it off again, uh, beat Falston in overtime once again, and uh, believe it or not, it's the same goal scorer that that won both state finals. And I'm guessing uh, uh, Logan Malone will be a a, a legend uh, around <laughs> Brunswick for quite some time now. Yeah, that was uh, pretty remarkable, and and we couldn't we couldn't quite tell right away up in the press box because we're we're fairly high up who scored. But when they radioed it up and announced it on the speaker, we were all like, oh, my God, did, did that actually just happen? Like, you know, what are, what are the odds of same team, same opponent, same place, same goal scorer, like all, all that falling into place? And they did it. I mean, and again, the stakes, the stakes being so high, um, you know, they almost didn't even get to that point because they were up two to one. For the majority of the game, actually, they, they went up to one in the 20th minute and looked to be, you know, content to hold on. And they conceded with about three minutes left in regulation to which basically forced overtime. And 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 then Logan and then Logan Malone scored again. And it's, you know, it's just one of those things where everything kind of had to fall perfectly into place. But it did. And, you know, that's two state titles in two years for, for Brunswick boys. So. Yeah, I mean you're right. It's all, it's all gonna kind of go down in stuff of legend in this in the city of Brunswick. Yeah, I don't think Logan's quite old enough to drink yet, but he'll probably <laughs> never, he'll, he'll probably never have to to buy a drink uh, <laughs> around Brunswick uh, uh, when he comes of age. And I, I compare it to Andrew Wanger, John, the 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 the, the pitcher for the Brunswick baseball mm-hmm. team, who threw. Uh, uh, two complete game shutouts in the state finals uh, to to win back to back state titles uh, for the Brunswick mm-hmm. baseball team. Uh, he's he's a Brunswick legend too. Came up through their little league program, so I, I think Logan Malone joins them on that level. Uh, uh, John saw them play last year, and he said mm-hmm. Falston might have been the better team for the duration of the match. Was was Brunswick the better team, Alexander, for yes. the duration of this match? Yes, they were. I mean. They conceded super. They they gave up a goal three minutes in, but otherwise, Falston. Otherwise, it took Falston. I think another. I think between then that goal and then the the goal they ended up, uh, the second goal they scored with with about three minutes left in regulation. I think they only had one shot on goal in that time. Like they were really getting squeezed to the outside, and um, and any shots they were getting were these very low danger kind of you know, sharp angle or long sort of long distance shots that weren't really getting through. And even then Brunswick largely controlled play. Um, and, and again, I mean, the goal they scored to tie was this kind of fluky like Well, it wasn't fluky, but you know, it was just sort of off a sort of a long range set piece that, 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 uh, that sort of skimmed off the top of some guy's head and just changed enough direction to go in. So it's, you know, Brunswick definitely controlled play, though, after, the, you know, aside from those two, those two moments. And, you know, you, you know, when, when they when they can when they concede that goal late, you think, oh, crap, are they going to, you know, are they going to blow this? Is this, um, 
you, you know, you know, they, they were playing so well for so long, but did they, did they just squander their opportunity? But obviously they didn't. I'll, I'll ask you what I asked you uh, after you saw Urbana volleyball win last week. Uh, how, how did, what was the general reaction of the team and the players? Uh, I mean, they were all kind of just like, I, you know, some combination of like, I can't believe that just happened again. Like it's, like, like they were again, you know, confident going in that that they could win back to back, but just the way it happened, um, you know, I I think I'm pretty sure when I asked, I think when I asked Logan that his response to me was like he knew it was a possibility that like I guess when they went to overtime that you know he could be you know that he could score again, but then it happened. He was like damn, it really happened. Like, you know, it's just something that, you know, you, you know, you, you, the, the thought does cross your mind, but it's not, it, it's not something you ever think actually would happen. And sure enough, it did. Yeah. So taking stock of the fall sports season here in Frederick County so far, uh, golf season, uh, Brunswick boys and, and the Urbana boys uh, did very well. Um, soccer, uh, we had uh, two champions, Tuscarora boys and Brunswick boys. Um, uh, volleyball, we, we had uh, a champion and a uh, state finalist uh, in Middletown. Uh, we touched upon cross-country uh, a bit last week. John, you were there. Was Alex Contreras' win? Was that a, was that a big surprise? Or? Uh, not a big surprise. I mean, but he finished sixth last year. He thought he had a shot, which is all accounts at the end of the day, I guess. And he just, like, uh, totally just, like, pulled away from the field after the first mile so I, he wasn't really challenged after that so it seemed like it was his to win yeah and the Catoctin boys finished uh, second mm-hmm. uh, in, in class 1A Dave Lillard is their coach uh, yeah his track mm-hmm. record uh, uh, coaching cross country and uh, track and field in Frederick County sort of uh, uh, stand, stands by itself um, but so, so I guess so I guess the Catoctin boys expected to finish well, and as did the Frederick girls. Uh, Caroline Gregory a bit um, uh, under the weather uh, for for her race. Yeah, she placed third. Um, she started off decently, but she had thrown up a couple times before the race, and she just didn't. Have, she was dehydrated, I believe, and didn't have any fluids left in her, and gave it all she had. But then she, you know she fell behind the one girl from Westminster, called her, passed her, and then actually she tried to keep up, but the girl from North Eggerstown has passed her as well. So. Yeah. Still a good, good, you know, she's a, let's say a junior, I want to say, so she's got another year. Yeah, and she had beaten the girls before, right, yes. that, 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 that she finished behind. So so just an unfortunate uh, illness, uh, mm-hmm. bad bad timing, I guess, uh, um, uh, for her, but but still great results for the uh, Frederick girls, uh, their their highest finish in memory, and, and, and the Catoctin boys. Uh, field hockey, we had a state uh Quarterfinal, two state quarterfinalists in Urbana and Walkersville. Right. Okay. So, so, so good showings there, and then of course football, um, uh, one of one of our strongest sports uh, of all. Uh, we have four teams now in the state semifinals. Uh, Oakdale advances with a win, uh, 33-14 over Westminster. Uh, Urbana beats Perry Hall to move on to the state semifinals uh, for the first time since their championship season in 2010. Uh, they are in 4A, 3A. Uh, Middletown back in the state semifinals following their championship season in 2019. Uh, they're in the 2A semifinals. And then Brunswick, uh, first time since 2012, they, they, they break through and are in the 1A uh, semifinals. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start. Uh, we'll start with Oakdale in 3A. They beat Westminster uh, uh, 33-14. Uh, a, ga- a game they really took control of in the second half after after a fairly back and forth uh, second half. And, and and like we talked about last week, that they're, they're one one of the favorites now. Uh, that 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 Frederick win really uh, propelled them into into good position. They will host uh, as as the seeding worked out. Uh, the top seed in three A which was Athelton, uh, they, they lost uh, St. Charles, uh, a team down in the southern end of the state in Waldorf. And uh, Oakdale will host um, uh, St. Charles in the state semifinal. They're Oakdale's first and third championship season in 2018, and, and, and you got to like their chances. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like the, the, the consensus was, you know, winner of Frederick Oakdale is going to get a great shot just with the way – with the way the bracket was shaking out, and I mean, I think it's 
you know, proven to be that Oakdale's really, you know, I mean, they've been very strong all year, but they're really sort of rounding into form at the right time. Uh, I know, I know you, you were there and you saw, um, you know, I mean, Evan Austin's always, always good. Roy Blanchard was like, you know, you wrote about him as their sort of jack of all trades kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just sort of have a very well-rounded team and well-coached team that seems like it's ready to, ready to roll. And I, and you know, the other side is either River Hill or Damascus. Um, I would imagine Damascus is favored in that. I don't know hundred percent now, but, um, they're at, Damascus is on the road. They're, they're playing at River Hill. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so it's a, it's a two, three matchup, but River Hill is the two. So, so playing away from Damascus, that, I mean, right. Damascus has such a home field advantage and not that Damascus can't win at River Hill, but, but, um, if, if it was at Damascus, he would really like Damascus yeah. his chances to win. So, so. you know, it could be interesting. I guess, I guess that could be a little more interesting, but, um, you know, it, it, I, I would not be shocked if it ends up being a, a Damascus Oakdale or, or on a collision course for Damascus Oakdale final, which would I, I think would be would be a very uh, a very a very interesting final, probably one of the best and maybe more most interesting finals to watch in the state if that does happen. But obviously, Oakdale has to get through St. Charles first. Who I don't know a lot about. I know they're a fairly new school, and this is so they're sort of making a little bit of a you know miracle run here, but. So they'll be hungry. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be hungry. I know it's a long, long bus ride. They haven't obviously off. You know, everybody's off on Friday, but you know, long bus ride for them. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they were six and three, I think, through the regular season, and then uh, they they weren't a very high seed in in their region uh, playoff wise, but they they've gotten hot at the right time. Well, they uh, they beat a Northern. Uh, I think it was Northern. Um, Northern Calvert. Yeah, right. Northern Calvert, who defending state champions. So that was a. Uh, um, you know, I think that was the first sign. It was in the second round. Uh, I think that was the first sign that that they maybe had something had something going there. So yeah, uh, John, you've raised one of the best points about uh, Oakdale recently. They probably have the best two wins uh, of of the football season. They they uh, not only beat Frederick in the playoffs uh, a couple of weeks ago, they also beat Urbana mm-hmm. uh, and, and handed Urbana its only loss. So so that schedule and uh, I mean we, we we see this in the playoffs. The teams that play the better schedule tend to advance farther, and and that seems to have helped Oakdale a little bit. Sure, they played Fort Hill right during the regular season, and they really you know took it on the chin. Um, at the time, you don't like that, but maybe uh, maybe that was a nice little punch in the mouth to kind of kind of you know get your head straight for the for those tough games that they're facing now. Um, I was thinking the same thing with Urbana Volleyball. I mean, the first time I saw them this year, I was going to play North Hagerstown, who won a three, who was the best team I saw this year. They North won a 3A state title. Urbana lost that, three sets to nothing. But, you know, I mean, I got to think that toughened them up a little bit. That was a nice, you know, maybe a good loss. You know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> Sticking with Urbana, you saw them play uh, uh, Perry Hall uh, in the in the state quarters, uh, Alexander, and, and they're in that sort of hybrid region, that 4A, 3A region. Um, and they play a North Point uh, this week. Uh, f- first of all, what were your thoughts of their win over Perry Hall, and uh, then your your thoughts on their matchup with North Point? Um, I thought it was a, the, the, their win was a little bit sleepy. I mean, their 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 offense, quite frankly, was a bit hit or miss. Didn't do a ton, especially in the second half. Um, they had they had a two early touchdowns and sort of opened up. A, I think it ended up with being like a sixteen nothing lead. Uh, fairly early on, and then it, that just kind of held for a while. Um, you know, their their defense was—I mean, their defense was fantastic. Uh, Perry Hall was interesting. They have like three different quarterbacks they use: one who's, you know, one who's a runner, one who's a, a more of a passer, then one who can kind of do both. And so they were, you know, kind of throwing some strange looks, some like option option styled kind of, you know, attacks. <clears throat> So, you know, that that could have been a little bit of a challenge. But, I mean, Urbana's defense really, you know, started out decently well. But then as the game went on, they just kind of got more and more, <clears throat> you know, kind of just locked down more and more. And that's really what won them the game. I mean, after, you know, uh, after Sidney Joseph scored his, uh, scored his touchdown in the first half, ran in a touchdown in the first half, um, or it was like I think it was like a late in first quarter, early second quarter. Uh, the Urbana offices scored another touchdown the rest of the game. It was uh, two defensive touchdowns. So, you know, again, not not they didn't play their their best, but it was they were still very strong, especially defensively. And 
that was more than enough. And, you know, again, I don't know much about North Point. I, I've heard they have really good size, and they 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 looked pretty dominant against Sherwood last week, who obviously Urbana beat pretty handily earlier this year as well. But, you know, it could be a sneaky, good, sneaky tough matchup for them if they – if if they really you know uh, if there's any mistakes here maybe there's maybe their size and strength could could capitalize on that yeah and North Point three uh, three three losses uh, coming into the game but but they're all close into into very into very good traditionally strong opponents wise I think I think they took to the wire um, they lost to a Patuxent who's who's a state caliber uh, a two A school. Um, and North Point hasn't allowed a point. They haven't allowed uh, a point so far in the playoffs. Uh, uh, three shutout wins for them so far. So, uh, so the winner of Urbana North Point will play the winner of the other semifinal between uh, uh, Dundalk and Arundel. And Arundel is typically strong. Dundalk and knocked Urbana out last year. So, so that can make for an interesting state final too. Uh, John, you were at Hereford last week uh, for the game against uh, Middletown. And uh, on paper, it seemed like a game between two teams that just like to run the ball a lot. Is, is that sort of how it played out? Uh, it is. And, uh, but Middletown won that one handily. Because, I mean, I mean, I've seen Middletown a few times now. I think one of the first times is when they shut out Linganore. And that was no fluke. I mean, their defense is really tough. It is, now, yeah. Yeah, now, now this team could not pass uh, Hereford. With all due respect to them, and actually, it got even worse for them when they lost their starting quarterback somewhere in the first half. He went out with a looked like a pretty bad leg injury and never came back. Uh, but they they couldn't run really on, on Middletown. And Middletown was up what seven nothing at the half, and they didn't add an insurance touchdown until well into the, the third quarter. But you, I always got the impression they were in control with their defense. They just were not going to give up anything, and they were. And they, the last touchdown came in the final few seconds. I think they were just trying to get a first down and. You know, there wasn't much resistance for Carson Smith, who was bowling people over all night like he's been doing all season. So. Yeah, you, you figured it was going to be a line of scrimmage game and whatever team played better on the line of scrimmage won. And it seemed like Middletown got got the early lead and they were just able to to to, to ride it out right. so, their will right they yeah, yeah. They, then they didn't have to, they didn't have to, they're, they're passing the ball better maybe than they were at the start of the season but uh, but, yeah. but but um but they didn't really have to pass uh to beat hereford and now they play uh ken island uh an 11 and one team uh can i I'm, I'm sure uh it sounds like ken island likes to run the ball too yeah they have a the one rusher casey heath who has about almost 2400 rushing yards so he's sort of the um i don't know if that i have to look to see if that's tops in the state i imagine it's it's up there um so it seems like it's gonna be another you know you know battle of battle of the running backs and and at the line, see who see who can get a better push. Yeah, we were talking earlier. You wonder about the strength of Ken Island's schedule. You know, Middletown's yeah. is strong. They played Frederick. They played Oakdale. They played Urbana. Um, uh, you you wonder about Ken Island, but but eleven and one is 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 still an excellent record, obviously. And, and Middletown's going to have to make that long trip uh, to the Eastern Shore, which could level the playing field a little more. So, I I expect that to be a pretty close game. So. Um, and then uh, Walkersville, also in 2A, they uh, gave Milford Mill a battle um, uh, before falling. So, so Walkersville uh, ends its season at 6-6 uh, six and six, uh, overall. And then, uh, of course, Brunswick uh, uh, having, having their best season really since their uh, 2012 state, champion, third, uh, state uh, semifinal run. Uh, but, but Brunswick probably has the tallest of all orders this week because they play Mountain Ridge, uh, un- unbeaten Mountain Ridge, who's clobbered just about everyone so far, including Fort Hill, uh, who, who, as we mentioned, came to Oakdale and, and won uh, uh, fairly handily. So uh, so Brunswick, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. It, 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 would be, it would be a big upset if they beat Mountain Ridge. You know what you said? It was a good season. It is a good right. season, right? No yeah, matter right. what happens. So you go in there and they give it their all and- Right. Whatever happens, it's a good year. Yeah, yeah. So Brunswick uh, goes to Mountain, goes to goes to Frostburg. So again, they have the long bus ride on uh, on top of it. But um, but yeah, uh, <clears throat> Brunswick it would be an excellent season uh, regardless of what happens on Friday. So so there we have it. Uh, state football quarterfinals. Uh, states another state soccer title. Um, guys, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me as always. And uh, when we come back. We will talk to the uh, state champion Tuscarora Titans boys soccer team. Uh, Coach Todd Nepper and Captain Tony Lombardi join me. Stay with us on the final score. (laughs) 
All right, we are back here on the final score, and joining me in the studio right now are uh, Coach Todd Nepper and uh, Senior Captain Tony Lombardi of Tuscarora Boys Soccer. Uh, the Titans won their uh, second state championship last week with a three nothing victory over Centennial at Loyola University. Uh, capped a remarkably dominant season. Uh, it's their first state title since two thousand eight, and and. It's two different stories, right, Todd? Because that was much more of an underdog story in 2008. This was, you guys were the heavy favorites just trying to close the deal this year, right? Yeah, very different in the build-up to how it went. But obviously, uh, once playoffs hit, both were pretty similar. Uh, score lines were a little bit different, and there were some nail-biters in, in that 2008 run. Um, but the results were the same. Tony, what did it mean to be a state champ? Oh, it's everything. I mean, worked all year for this. And uh, we live up to this moment since we were kids. I mean, it's just everything. The motions were over the roof when we were playing through that uh, final game, and it it was uh, an amazing feeling. Did you guys ever let? You guys were so dominant this season, and you didn't really play any close games at all. Did you ever let doubt enter your mind, Tony? Like, what what if what if this doesn't happen? Um, not really. Honestly, the that day of the state championship, uh, me and all my buddies, we were like, we're not nervous at all. We're mainly uh, we're mainly excited. I mean. Throughout that whole playoff run, we conceded one goal, I think, and it was our first game against Frederick, which was ended up, what, 6-1? 6-1, and so, I mean, there was really no doubt because there was no other team in that 3A uh, class that was better than us, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Todd, this certainly will go down as one of the best uh, teams to play boys soccer in Frederick County. Like, just how do you describe this group and what, what makes them so special? Um, I think, you know, the, a, a lot of what makes this group so special is how connected they are, how well they know each other, and how much they enjoy being around each other. That's key. Um, they hold each other accountable, and they try to get the most out of each other as well as themselves. And they're just extremely capable soccer players. So when you put them all together and they're as highly motivated as they were this year based on this was the last year and how things ended the previous year and not having a chance to even play for a state championship um, in the in the spring season. You couple that with the fact that these guys train together just about every day throughout the season and they're just they're constantly sharpening each other and motivating each other. So um, when you see them play, I mean, obviously you take note of the style of play, but I think um Probably the coolest thing about this group and, and most of the feedback that I've received from soccer fans all the way down to just parents and teachers that showed up just to support and, you know, be last minute bandwagon fans as, uh, is just how excited they are for each other and how they enjoy the moment. Uh, a couple questions, Tony. Uh, one, were you surprised by how dominant you guys were all season? And two, why were you, why were you so dominant all season, would you say? Uh, if this doesn't sound cocky at all, I think we are, we knew we were going to be this dominant. I mean, the 11 core guys that played throughout the whole entire game, like Coach Nepper said, were extremely, extremely capable players, all club players. And throughout the entire season, like he said, we're just sharpening each other day in and day out. So when that state championship comes, the scoreline reflects of how hard we worked all season. How did you guys stay motivated? How did you guys stay sharp knowing that you weren't really pushed all that much this season? The end goal. The end goal was definitely the, the biggest motivation in that state championship. None of us have been there, and uh, none of us had a state championship under our belt. So we just knew that like we had to stay sharp, not only physically during the game and mentally, though, throughout the whole entire playoff run. But 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 you said you weren't nervous at all, despite the fact that you weren't hadn't mm -hmm. been there before. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's almost like a mind game, you know, like just one slip up could end your season. So it's just every single minute of the game, you have to stay super, super sharp so you don't let up. Yeah, I mean, and Todd, you guys sort of broke the playoff games down into different segments. I mean, uh uh, you said you had a redemption game. You had a get there game. The state final, of course, was the 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 storybook dream game. Just sort of ex explain your method methodology there. Yeah. So these guys, you know, as things ended last year, um, I, I can't tell you how quickly they started talking about state championship and unfinished business and all these things. And you know, that's great because the off season was probably the most important factor in this whole run um how much work they put into it and how motivated they were and and time can do that to you um but you know we uh 
we knew that they were capable and we knew that they wanted it real bad. So we just felt the need to shift our goal from that to being prepared to put ourselves there and being um, being able to say that we're playing our best soccer as we approach that game. Um, so, you know, once the regular season ended and we pushed into playoffs, it was really important to keep them uh, mindful of one half at a time, one game at a time. And, you know, as Tony mentioned, the goal that we conceded was four minutes or less into our first game, a complete accident, um, a situation that we didn't panic. Probably the play of the game was um, – so we had lost the ball, playing it around the back, and Xander Templeton uh, got in and was on a breakaway. And you could tell our guys consciously decided not to foul him at the risk of – being sent off um so we gave up a goal and we responded within 12 minutes i think we were back up 3-1 um so we just found the need to really slow things down and give each game that much more prominence yeah i mean just your ability to respond to adversity tony i mean dating back to last season when when you guys made the semifinals uh, you you wanted to do this last season too and you had a really good team last year but but it ended uh in, in the state semifinals for you guys last year how how much did that propel you guys into this season and, and really just create fuel for you guys going into the season that that uh, setback last year yeah that setback was really really important honestly i mean we went down one nothing in the first half off a corner um and at halftime a lot of our seniors started to turn on each other they got mad they didn't know what to do we never really been in that position so during the senior season it just motivated us to stay together the whole entire season like in that frederick game when we went down one nothing huddled right again we were like guys don't panic our goals are going to come and as you see three one within 10 minutes i mean just staying together through adversity was our biggest thing throughout the season and then you bounce back from your from your uh, loan loss uh, this season to Liberty. Was that a bad night for you guys? That was a horrible what, night. What, but what, what, what happened in the Liberty game? A horrible night, but one of our most important games. It really showed uh, that this isn't going to be the perfect season, which honestly, in my opinion, took a lot of pressure off our shoulders that it's okay that we lost right now. I mean, half the parents saw our faces going on the bus, and they're like, better now than in a state championship. I mean, that was a, a fluke game. I think if we play those guys – Five more times, we're going to win five times. I mean, a good team, credit to Liberty, but just a little bit of adversity that we had to face well, that was night. Was that just a weird night? Was that like a grass field? Or, Yo, or, I yeah, I wouldn't even call it grass. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was a dirt field. Uh, they had a ton of good players that fit right into their play style, really, really strong center backs and really tall physical midfielders and just quick forwards who got in behind with uh, their main component being long throw-ins with a really narrow field. It was just really hard to deal with with our guys. Right. Well, what do you think both the state semifinal loss, Todd, and, and, and the loss of Liberty did for, did for your uh, guys this year? I think it reminded us of how fragile the game of soccer is. I mean, we're seeing that with the World Cup. It's a, on a global scale. It's a reminder that it's it's a game where possession helps and, you know, it, it's noticeable to the eye, you know, who the stronger team is a lot of times when, when you see – these games being played out, but the the margin for error and how points are accumulated, it it makes soccer just a very tough sport to understand sometimes. Um, so it, it kept the guys honest, I think, and and reminded them that anybody on their best day is capable of knocking us off on a day where we don't convert our chances or we're sloppy in the back or don't deal well with pressure uh, applied from situations like long throw-ins and corner kicks and free kicks and things like that it seemed like you guys weren't worried about how you were going to respond how, how you were going to bounce back from that disappointment like like you knew you guys were going to spring back right <laughs> yeah it's you know it's not like you know a lot of guys got hurt or there was some you know crazy tragedy or you know guys at each other's throats and you know we we had a plan going in there and i think we executed that plan for the first half and then there was maybe a false sense of security, but just a whole lot of perfect storm scenarios that would bring them back into the game. And, um, you know, to our, our, our credit, even within that game, we, we battled through a lot of adversity just to get it back to level and give ourselves a chance to uh, go to overtime potentially. But, you know, I, as Tony said, I think it did alleviate a lot of pressure to be perfect. Um, you know, it's, ironically, it would have been a 20-0 and 0 season in the 20th year of the school and 
Um, oh, those nice little numbers, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? As as we continue to mention, I, I mean, to me, this still feels like the perfect season. I don't know that Tony will have another one like this in his career. I don't know that I'll have another one like this in my career. You hope that, and and we're focused very purposefully on trying to recreate groups of players like we've had the past few years, but. Um, it all works out in the end. I want to point out that Tony is wearing his medal, his, his state <laughs> championship medal. Uh, he's wearing a, sort of a warm-up suit. Is your uniform from Thursday's game still on underneath that no, warm-up no, suit? No, no, okay. no, But I haven't washed it since. So you, so you have you have changed clothes at least uh, <laughs> since last Thursday's yeah. game. So, um, so much of the attention goes to Eric Rodriguez, your fantastic striker, and just how you guys are able to score goals, but. Is your defense underrated a little bit, Tony? Did it sort of fly under the radar? Because you guys weren't giving up a lot of goals either. I mean, those frontline guys make our job so easy when they're scoring all these goals and pressing their tails off up top. I mean, I guess you could say that our defense goes uh, a little under the radar because, I mean, our back line, I constantly said, if you guys score one goal, we're going to do the rest. I mean, our, one of our back lines is best public school in the country with uh the way we play, the way we defend with passion and pride throughout the whole season. Uh, who, who's back there? Tell everyone who's back there with you. Uh, we got senior captain Kyle Lillis on the left, and then um, two junior center backs, Brian Portillo and Jake Bender. They usually uh, go in around the middle, and then senior Blaine Steer on the right back. And, and, your, and your goalie was, uh, Aiden, goalie was, was, was Aiden Reda. Just mm-hmm. talk about how you guys communicated and how you sort of organized uh, uh, in, in the back there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we all defend with pride. I mean, with no matter what it is, you can see in that final game, Coach Nepper has a clip of it that we get beat through a through ball and two great recovery runs from two juniors who's not going to be their last game, both made a last-ditch tackle. And that's just all defending with pride and passion and it goes throughout our whole back line. Kyle Lillis, Blaine Steer, they'll do anything to get into a tackle and save a goal. And Aiden Ritter, he's so fierce off his line. And just all around a really, really strong back line that no offense wants to play against. Yeah, I mean, t- 10 shutouts in your last 12 games uh, since the Liberty loss. Uh, Centennial didn't really have many great chances at all. And in, in the couple of the they did, either Aiden made a great save or you guys uh, shut it down really quickly. So... So, so I'm not sure, like, as, as great as you are offensively, I'm not, I'm not sure you guys get as much credit as you deserve uh, in, in, in the back with, with the way you play defense. But, but you're also a player that looks to press forward at times and, and get involved in some offense. I mean, you, you've scored some goals uh, this season uh, and, and cashed in some PKs and stuff like that. So do you, do you look to press forward? Press forward when you can. Yeah, I like to get in on uh, all the set pieces, corners, free kicks, whatever it is. I like to uh, just get in the mix, and I think that goes with our whole back line. There's a lot of uh, talent there in the air that we can win on aerial battles. So I don't know if we scored a ton of uh, corner kicks, but a lot of open play, like back stick headers, and a lot of that kind of scrappy goals our back line scores. And also, I have to go back to that previous point. Our midfield is also incredible on the – on the defensive side of the ball, senior captain Michael Gula and senior Oscar Valdez, those guys work their tail off in the middle. I mean, any any midfielder is given a really, really long, hard day with those guys in the mix. Right. You got you guys scored first in the in the state championship game. They're, they're sort of a defensive-minded team, too. They, 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 they press forward when they can and, and, and look to capitalize on a chance. But how important do you think that first goal was uh, in, in the state championship game? That meant everything. It took so much pressure off our entire team. And I think Centennial really kind of brought it to us the first 15 minutes. They were knocking the ball around a lot more than us. They had more possession and had a couple more chances than us. But that goal was huge. And great teams take opportunity of their chances. So when Eric slipped that ball into Ryan Stauffer and took it on his left and finished it, just took so much pressure off. And we could start playing a little more freely and start knocking the ball around, getting our outside backs more forward. So it meant everything. Is it just like a giant exhale uh, sort of there when, when that first one went in? Yeah, 100%. I mean... Like I said, our midfield is starting to get on the ball a little more and just started playing more freely knowing that we have that one goal cushion. And then how about a word about Nick Stevenson, uh, too, uh, who who scored two goals uh, in, 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 in the state final? He goes so under the radar. I'm so glad he scored that brace in the final. I mean, those two goals weren't easy. That one he took down in the first half, it barred down, it's not an easy uh easy effort and he is just such a crafty player. He likes getting in between the lines, likes creating chances, and he goes so under the radar. Uh, what's it like to 
both watch Eric play soccer, Eric Rodriguez, and what's it like to to play with him? <laughs> I mean, it goes back since we were in elementary school that just rivalry between our whole entire friend group with Eric always attacking us. And then before the season started, Eric and I trained almost every day and just constant drills and constant 1v1s to sharpen each other. He'll always say he gets the better of the 1v1s, but... I like to disagree, but he is just such a good player, man. He he can do it all. He can go in behind. He can check back. He can score in the air. He can score in both feet. He's just an all-around complete player. Well, yeah, I mean, what what makes Eric so dynamic, Todd? I mean, what sort of future does he have in, in, in this sport? Uh, he seems like one of those kids where the sky's the limit. I've, I've said this about multiple guys in our group, but specifically Tony and Eric. I mean, uh, I... Wouldn't be surprised to watch them play on TV for years to come. Um, Eric is just, he's technically sound, but he's inventive and he's creative and he's got incredible balance. That's maybe one of his most shocking features is how much he can play through contact. Um, he draws a lot of PKs, but he also stays on his feet a lot of times where if he were to go down, it would likely get called. Um and he just gets better as the game goes on. I mean, he grows into games. There was some of our biggest games this year. Um, he didn't contribute very much statistically, but he does so much work off the ball trying to get into dangerous spots that it frees up space and, and time for other players, um, you know, like a Nick Stevenson, like a Stauffer. Yeah, I mean, and he was sick for, for your, a lot of your most important games, too. I, I think the semifinals, he was sick. Yeah, he scored a couple of goals. Uh, he uh, set up the, the PK that you, you had in the, in the state semifinals. And then he obviously had the first assist and, and helped create uh, the first goal. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned Nick Stevenson, Michael Gula, your back line. Who, who, were, who were the unsung heroes of this team? Um, well, just to touch on Nick, you know, Nick's a guy who was worried about making the team when he when he first got on on campus at Tuscarora, and he was a, a two-year JV player. He's he's part of a group of five guys that I think were 42 and 0 over their four-year career against county competition. So he he's definitely uh, he he's been on the scene for a while, but he he arrived maybe on Main Street in fashion there towards towards the end of his high school career. Um, but one of those guys that that um, that did a lot of defensive work too, uh, picking the ball up in dangerous spaces just because he, he's on the smaller side. You don't really see him coming. You don't hear him coming. He's quick. He's feisty. Um, I would say Aiden Ritta, you know, we found ourselves a goalkeeper. That's a kid that only put gloves back on out of necessity last year, like four days before our first scrimmage because we didn't have any goalkeepers. Um, he had played a little bit growing up, but was a two-year field player for J, uh, on the JV team for us. Um, and I would honestly say, you know, everybody on that roster has contributed in, in some way, shape, or form. But uh, probably the people that deserve a ton of credit that have gotten on are the coaching staff. Our coaching staff is handpicked and you know kind of fell into into a great situation but that situation is so great because we have them yeah uh, uh, coach steitler marty steitler uh, he was the head coach of the of the team in in 2008 uh, that, that that broke through and, and and won the state title um tony how much pressure were you guys feeling you, you said you uh the liberty law sort of relieved some pressure on you guys because it it didn't have to be the perfect season anymore you said you didn't have much doubt going into the state final but but still was there a little pressure there were, were, you, were you guys feeling anything to, to sort of close the deal here i mean yeah obviously you have that small side of pressure of this could be your last high school game with your childhood friends but like I said, all 11 of us are so connected and knowing that if we play for each other, if we have a mistake, there's always going to be guys covering and playing for each other and having each other's back. So like I said, just a lot of guys who can pick up slack in those types of games that relieve all the pressure like Ryan Stauffer did in the state final. Yeah. Uh, Todd, you, you just referenced the coaching staff, but uh, you really said you, you, you joked after the, after the state championship win that you guys didn't really have to do all that much. You sort of just had to point people in the right direction and, and, and they were going to take care of the rest. <laughs> yeah, in so many ways, this was one of the, the hardest years as a coach um, because – you know, the, it was such a well-adapted uh, group that had a clear idea of what they wanted. Um, so it was just kind of like 
nurture nurturing and management um but you know a lot of mouths to feed a lot of hunger guys um a lot of situations in training where we had to kind of dial it back a little bit where emotions were flying um you know preseason trip right <laughs> out of the gate there was there was just you know there's there's tension when guys want something that bad and all you get to play against is yourself for you know two weeks um but you know for the most part this this group has just they've they've been enlightening as to what coaching can be if you think forwardly and you and you're ahead of you know ahead of the game with what's coming in and how to work with them and you know part of what makes this group so special is we've known them for so long and you don't have to build a relationship all you do is continue it and when the goal has not just been there for one year or two years or their high school career but when it's been there since they came to their first high school game and you know and saw their older brothers play or their neighbors play or, or you know however they got there when the goal's been there since age 9, 10, 11, well, it just makes it that much more special when they finally get there. Well, what do you what do you think this team's legacy will be and just how, how do you think they'll stack up all time? Because uh, uh, you've been around Frederick County soccer for a long time. Uh, just where do, you, where do you think they'll rank all time? <laughs> yeah, I would I would imagine in, in a conversation at, at the top, statistically, I think we not only shattered program records, but we've done some things that haven't been done, to my knowledge, and just you know, doing a little bit of research, not getting too caught up in it because, you know, you want to live in the moment. But historically, I think they just put up some some pretty ridiculous numbers without that being the goal. You know, there's we didn't score 10 on anybody. Uh, you know, Eric had one game with five goals. But, you know, other than that, we weren't we weren't even in that game. We weren't trying to pad any stats. We were just trying to find our form and and let guys get, you know, get out there and play together and build that chemistry. But um, to me, it's it's just one of those one of those years where if we can recreate even one tenth of what made it so great for for the next year and then the year after that, then I think we're going somewhere. So, you know, when we try to promote what we're doing at Tuscarora to the community, the biggest thing I say is you just got to come see it for yourself. So when I look up at Loyola and I see. 15 to 25 kids that I know are in middle school that are going to play at Tuscarora, I'm thinking, well, I don't have to say much. They just got a master class in how to play um, and what being connected can do for a, a group of soccer players. And you talk about the pipeline you've created. You also saw a lot of familiar faces from that 2008 team. Uh, that the won the state title in the stands too. They, they they were there as well. So not only do you have future players there, you you have former players coming back to to sort of support the team and, and cheer them on. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of credit there goes to to Tony. Um, Tony's been a what's called an SSL, which is just like an individual aide in in my third block class. Um, and one of the things I tasked him with was reaching out to alumni and and helping to strengthen that network. So everything that we're doing. Um, and, and about to do, they are included in it. And, you know, with the technological capabilities now of streaming games and, you know, watching highlights and sending a video message to the players, I think the boys just feel that much more connected. Um, so there's that internal pressure, but there's also what are we doing to prove ourselves to the guys that came before and what type of legacy, as you mentioned, are we leaving um, for the next group coming in? Right. And the, and the numbers were ridiculous. What was it like? Fifty-one goals scored over the last twelve games, and what three, three, three conceded? Um, yeah, uh, since since the Liberty uh, loss, it, yeah, fifty-one, four, um, three against. I think we trailed for a total of ninety seconds in that run. Ten shutouts out of twelve games, holding teams to less than three shots on goal a game. Um, you know, part of that pep talk was for the state finals was if if we do what we're used to doing and we just see this as a soccer game and not this big unbearable event then it's going to take four goals to beat us and sure enough that's exactly what it would have taken
Yeah, and for further context, I mean, you guys play Brunswick, the the one A state champ, the two the back to back one A state champs in the CMC championship game, and it was a it was a five nothing game. So that sort of shows the gap, uh, but but the, between you and some other really excellent uh, soccer teams, do those numbers do they sound crazy to you, Tony, when you when you hear them? <laughs> I, I know you're in the moment, you you're not really cognizant of them, but then when you hear them read back to you and told to you, is, is it? crazy <laughs> yeah i mean it is honestly but like you said just playing through the game it doesn't it just comes naturally i mean 10 shutouts through the last 12 games if you really think about that that's ridiculous only conceding one goal in the playoff run and only trailing for 90 seconds is just unbelievable and the it's going to go down in history of what we did this year What's your future in soccer? Uh, I plan to play in college. Well, do, you, do you know where yet? No, or not yet. Not yet, okay. You know you're going to have to take off that, that, <laughs> that, that, that medal uh, uh, the next place you play. So um, what will you remember the most about the season? What's your biggest memory? Just the memories. The memories in total of just through the coaching staff, through the players, through the season. And it's not just the state championship game. It's through preseason, through the training sessions, through the team dinners, it's just all the memories in one made the year so special. Right. Uh, t- Todd, your your overall memory of the season will be? I, I think the one of the things that will stick with me is the reality um, of giving a pregame speech in the in the locker room in the state final is there's there's really not much to say to guys. I think everyone in that moment, you know, as I'm speaking to them, over half the room is starting to cry a little bit just because they know that like I'm about to say something emotional. So I see them and I'm starting to, to choke up. But just um, the the most vivid thing is just when the reality that this group, win or lose in, in this last game, doesn't get to play together um, anymore. But as Tony mentioned, I mean, every day we get together, it's intentional and there's there's great that comes out of it and there's new things you learn about each other. So, um, you know, the list goes on and on. But we, we really try to do some special things that the boys will remember, and I think they appreciate that. And, and, and you joked you guys love watching these guys play soccer. You as coaches love watching these guys play soccer. It's like flipping on the TV and, and, and watching a great team play, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been really challenging. I um, As this group was coming in, I made a set of guidelines for myself and the coaching staff of how do we treat a group like this. And one of the main things was like, never let them know how good you think that they are. Um, and I, I know that they feel pretty confident. Um, I just, we never wanted to lead them on that they could just rest and everything would be okay because it's a fragile game, as I mentioned. But um, yeah, you know, there's times where we stop training to celebrate a little bit and there's things that, um, you know, highlights and clips that we'll just constantly show guys before games and, and talk to them about to remind them that, you're a, you're a real special player, you know. Right. This is gonna be a pretty tough act to follow uh, in next season. Just what, what what's the overall state of the program? Do you, do you have a new crop of kids to to plug right in and keep on rolling? Or well, you know, a, a lot of running a program is the culture um, and getting the most out of people. And I think what's unique about this group is uh, the duality of them being really good when they came in and being well known, but also exceeding even their own expectations and, and maybe making the most strides out of any group we've ever had in terms of improvement and fixing mistakes. Um, so the program's going to be just fine. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I can truthfully say there's a group of sixth, seventh and eighth graders right now that are arguably maybe even a little bit deeper than the than the group we've had the last couple of years um and i've been talking to some of their dads recently and they're like you know i don't i don't know if uh if you're you're accurate on that we don't know that there's a tony in this group or an eric in this group and i said you know just wait you know these guys they know uh, they know who they look up to and they know who they want to be so it's um it's really special. And the guys we have coming back, it's it's going to be a really interesting dynamic because there's so many good players on that roster this year that didn't see a lot of minutes in games because of how strong we were in our senior class. Um, and, you know, you got to you got to honor those guys that it's their last couple games and let them ride it out. Um, but we have enough guys that saw pretty good minutes throughout the year. And then certainly, you know, training against all these seniors on a day to day basis is better for them than than playing some of the competition that we saw so um i, I think we're going to be just fine i'm going to 
there is an off season, you know, and I should take one, but I'm, I'm already starting <laughs> to get excited and uh, we'll have some meetings here soon with these guys. Yeah. And, and Tony, I'm sure you're looking forward to the day where you'll be in the stands and loyal watching the next uh, uh, great Tuscarora teams play. Yeah. I mean, these guys are going to be just okay next year. They've got some really talented players and I'm going to try being there for every game I can, but they'll make it a special year for these guys. They've got a really talented group. Yep. Who do, who do we like in the World Cup? Brazil. Brazil? Yeah, that's the team everyone's talking about, huh? But but the United States, uh, do they have a chance to get out of the group? Or Yeah, they'll um, see Brazil in the final. Uh, you think so? <laughs> you have Brazil in the final, so. so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, who, who do you like in the World Cup, Todd? Brazil? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough to say. I think, uh, as I mentioned, you just never know with these games. Um, we talk about waiting for a long time, you know. Four years, U.S., eight years. So you never know what uh, what will happen when, when you roll the ball out. Um, they're all professionals. I, um, I kind of lean towards Belgium as, as somebody that could go far. Uh, obviously, France today looked, uh, looked the part after they caught up, um, got the lead back. Um, I don't think the U.S. is done, finished. I hope not. Um, was, was that a disappointing draw, would you say, or was it okay? Was that a decent result? Um, I was disappointed, uh, you know, but that's what halftime's for. I think that, that, um, you know, it's a tale of two halves and, and we certainly didn't look nearly as dominant as we did in the first half. And, um, I don't think we necessarily deserved all three points given the way it went, but we're still in the running and, uh, you know, I'm a high school coach, so who am I to criticize? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a disappointing foul, too. That was, that, that was, that was a needless foul, wasn't it, Tony? Oh, needless, yeah, needless, yeah, needless. Right, yeah. I screamed at my TV when I saw that foul. Yeah. It's, it's sort of weird that the World Cup's going on during the holidays, right? You're, we're going to be, like, eating Thanksgiving dinner, and, like, there's going to be World Cup soccer on. So do, do you sort of like it, or would you rather it be in its typical summer uh, uh time period <laughs> i love it i love it i mean the day after thanksgiving usa versus england what's not to love about that i mean you get to go home and be on your tv and not in school watching it uh, on your chromebook yeah well my thanks to uh senior captain uh, tony lombardi uh, coach todd nepper of the tuscarora boys soccer team uh, certainly will be remembered as, as one of the best uh seasons ever uh, for frederick county boys soccer frederick county soccer uh in in general um so Guys, thanks for coming in. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to you. And uh, my thanks to uh, Graham Cullen for producing, for John Cannon and uh, Alexander Dacey for coming on and talking Frederick County sports. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we'll see you back here next week on the Final Score Podcast. Mm-hmm.